Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have one very special lady, Marissa Russo, known as the female Sherlock Holmes. She is the founder of Forensic Healing, an international renowned award-winning alternative therapist. She is also a professional speaker and author for women's health and transformation. Marissa spent decades desperately attempting to overcome and escape the chronic pain, fatigue, addictions and illnesses that resulted from years of extreme emotional, physical and sexual abuse she had suffered as a child. And this led her on a journey, a journey of healing herself. And now she shares her techniques to heal and empower women from all over the world. Her newly released book, Freeing the Unloved Girl, incorporates a 25-step process for healing and empowering women. This process now is taught all over the world. Marissa's compelling and extraordinary story, to me a very powerful woman who never gave up, who was always focused on finding a solution to her problems and conditions. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview, so tune in. Marissa Russo, welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thanks, Catherine. It's great to be here. So we were just having a bit of a chat in regards to what you do, forensic healing. So I'd, I'm sure our, listen, our listeners would love to hear what exactly is that? Well, forensic healing is a mixture of science and intuition of finding the who, what, when and why answers as to why you have a condition or why you're in a situation that you're in. So we combine both and um, we become like the detective of your life because everything is based on energy. So, and you're an accumulation of your past. So we'll look at significant times in your life that has uh, affected you to uh, or caused imprints or conditioning to to keep repeating patterns and situations that you have in your current life or to, you know, make you unwell, stress you. So when you're talking about imprints, are you talking about imprints, sort of unconscious imprints? Yeah, well, I'll find that the most significant things that affect us are childhood. So you come into this life, and I say like with a clean slate, which means that whatever you learn in childhood it becomes your belief systems. It becomes what you think life is. So if you have a great childhood and a great life, 
or and you're you have a lot of money it seems to be the conditioning that that's how life is so but unfortunately for a lot of people it's not that way and they get conditioned that you know maybe you know their parents say look you know we can't afford this you know you've got to or don't be greedy don't be don't want too much that conditions people to then have a um have issues with finances in adulthood so I'm sort of looking at what's said to you, what's done to you, and when you look at your parents, when you look at your parents, you think that they're your role models and then it's all an unconscious thing but we make it more conscious when, you, when you're when you trying to sort out why you're in the mess you're in. That's really interesting. So how would you do that? So, for example, I'm just using myself as an example as you're talking through it. How could I remember, because I know that sometimes we or our brain represses information so if it's unconscious how do we bring it to the conscious how do you bring that forward so that you do remember look no hey that's a great question because a lot of the traumatic stuff from childhood is repressed it is blocked out and it's done so that a child can survive the trauma because it's all too much. And that was actually part of my childhood because I was sexually abused by my father. And it's quite common that um, children, you know, that, that, that the truths don't come out till later. And so how would you know? Okay, so what we do is we use by um, we use not not just intuition but we use biofeedback which is in energy healing it can be called kinesiology but look we all do it because our bodies don't lie Catherine it's like when you feel your body's telling you something every minute of the day you can feel really great about something and then that draws you into it or if something doesn't feel right you are actually pulling away so we teach people to become very tuned to what they're feeling because your feelings are telling you something we've all had that gut feeling so I can, my body is very attuned because I've had to connect more and I've uh, to do what I do and so that I can actually find an age in your life and go, hey, well, you, you name something and then I'll go to a, a childhood age that will say, look, well, what happened around, say, age eight? And you might go, oh, well, my parents divorced or something like that and then, you know, I miss my father and all this stress occurred. And then I will say, well, that is the block that you've got now on why you don't perhaps move forward or why whatever's happening. It's like we ask a question and then using biofeedback, which is I call an energy shift Um in energy healing but like you know doctors use it when they check your pulse rate and they check your heart rate and they look at your blood there's lots of different biofeedbacks um so it's very it can be very subtle for some people but for me it's quite clear because i I do this as a job so i'm very tuned to it i love it and i do i i actually go to kinesiologist and uh, and i've had that exact experience where she'll be tapping like just using muscle testing and obviously communicating with my body or my unconscious mind and then you know you know tapping into well what happened at this age or what happened at that age and and i have to admit that there were a couple of times where i couldn't actually really connect with anything Yes. But it was that that was that block um, that was not allowing me to move forward, and therefore, so she shifted that energy through sound, like she'd use uh, sound healing. 
Okay. So how do you shift the energy? So once you've, you've identified the block, that's where it is. How do you actually then shift the energy? Okay, so once I identify it, I, I use the – I have 90-plus healing pathways to choose from, so that's what Forensic Healing is based on. So it might be sometimes there could be a curse, and a lot of people, you know, believe in curses because actually – they, their whole tradition and traditional, you know, traditions are based on it. Their families might, um, you know, have rituals that they do. And, and those that don't believe in it, all you need is gel- a lot of jealousy and a lot of anger because with jealousy, it's like, I'm jealous of what you've got. And the more you succeed, the worse I feel. So I want to stop you so that that, if there's a lot of energy on those feelings, it can literally block you from succeeding. So, I can test to see, okay, so what's going on here? Is it perhaps a soul fragment that's gone missing? Because in trauma and stress, we um, lose parts of ourselves. And I also look at um, past lives because our souls are eternal. So then it'll tell me what exactly um, that's needed to then heal whatever's going on. And that, again, is through... Um, you know, through the biofeedback or, but I've done this so for so long now, I actually don't even barely need to use biofeedback. I can, it's, it becomes just science to me. I'm like, okay, you feel like this, you feel like there's something missing, you feel like you're not whole. Automatically, I'm going, oh, well, you're losing, you've lost part of your soul fragment, you've lost part of you. So therefore, you need part of that brought back. And it becomes very logical to me. After a while, everything is quite logical and, the, um, you know, airy-fairy stuff's gone. So how do you then bring, I mean, I love it. So obviously you're intuitive, very intuitive to be able to identify and not having to use any tools. So how do you um, bring it back? Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I use, I have like there will be a healing pathway that might then say, I access um, certain words. I use certain words that say I'm going to go to the the root of where the the power comes from or the energy originates from. But then I'll just say because it's done in a it's sort of like it's set up in an environment where there's an opening of the case. So we have to when I'm doing a forensic healing session, I open the case. So I say things like I I'm a conduit for healing, and I I call in enlightened beings. So there's a setup happening. So already becomes this very spiritual experience. And then I will say I'm going to ask the shamanic healers, shamans are known to bring back soul fragments. That's what that's what you know. Um, that they're renowned for doing things like that. So I'll call upon them and then I shall ask for those fragments to come back from and then what would happen is I'll already find out an age that's ha- that when the stress and the trauma occurred for you to lose part of that fragment. So it's about getting all the details. So when you actually start specifying details, then it becomes a really sort of intensified healing and the energy is targeted for that um, whatever I'm asking for to happen. So I think that's why forensic healing is actually quite powerful because it's like it's in the detail. Once you get detail of finding the who, what, when and why and you target the energy to it, it becomes it's like the truth sets you free. You've already started the healing. Wow, that's fascinating. I just find it really fascinating. It's amazing. So how did you come up with the name forensic healing because it's it's amazing it's so exactly what you do like you were saying it's almost like you're a detective you you're opening up the case you're you're inquiring and then you proceed 
Yeah, exactly. You know, the actual beginning of Frenzy Healing starts with opening the case and we profile the person. So that means that I'll say, now look, here are your negative life patterns. Here's your belief systems. And then I'll, and I'll go through a series of certain aspects about them. And before I even sort of even get into the detail of why they have what they have. So, um, it became, it came about, I'd done many healing modalities. Now I started to look at alternative healings. I couldn't, I couldn't stand the physical pain I was in. I actually didn't even know I was in emotional pain from all the abuse I suffered in childhood. And so I, I have to, I had to address the physical pain, which was uh, incredible. It was just horrific because I had three whiplash injuries, plus I didn't realize I'd stuffed down all this emotional pain from my the beatings from my father, the sexual abuse, and just being a, also a very sensitive child. And when you shut down, you then you will suffer in life because you have no flow of energy so that you can heal. So I tried alternative healing and then I never, ever... I was I was always a rule breaker and I would do one healing modality and I'd try another one and I'd break all the rules and I'd go, hey, this can be done differently. So then I ended up doing my own stuff. And when I was married at the time and I would say to my husband, I would tell him the stories of how I would find out um, what happened to somebody and, and all of the details. And he said to me, you are a forensic healer. And that's the beginning of forensic healing. And then he said, you need to write something. And it took me a whole year to write forensic healing. And I wrote each um, module, those five of them, one at a time, ending up with uh, the spiritual bit at the end. And it was just this magic that unfolded. And, and I remember writing it. I'm going, where's the book? on energy i need to read this book that explains all this because i've read a lot of books and i've done a lot of modalities but there is no book and then i actually did find a guy that had talked about um he had studied the kabbalah he was a psychic or and he was also a psychologist but he could see the other side of the valley he could see entities and he had an incredible amount of information so i took that information and then i started to put it into healing pathways and which was you know ended forensic healing ended up on a really high note because that was the spiritual side of it and that's the story of forensic healing how it's amazing so you talked about your five steps are you happy to walk us through just so it gives us a little bit more um, understanding of what exactly that is for our listeners the five steps that you're talking about uh, now five steps i I'm not sure what you're referring to. Oh, I thought there was five. It was it was there five modalities or five? Okay, modalities? oh sure. You're talking about yes. There's five modules. But oh, modules. That, okay, so no, no, that's okay. So what I mean by when I started writing it, I wrote it. It started off in the principles uh, module, and then it goes into the energetic side, which is talking about meridians. Then we go into the physical side because then you could have anything physical, car accidents, um, tight jaws, um, you know, muscle pain, anything that to do with physical side of the body and then we go into the emotional side which is more like childhood stresses um you know relationship stresses and you know so that goes into like losing of fragments and then the spiritual side we'll be looking at more to do with um your past lives i've also realized that the soul has many facets of it and integrating those facets there's to do with curses um there's a so that's sort of the the modules of forensic healing and most people what I've realized 
I've realized over the years of doing this that really if you look at your spiritual side, you look at your emotional side, if you deal with that first and foremost, then everything else starts to fall into place. Not saying that you may not have physical issues, but I found that the reason nothing is by accident, even a car accident is not really an accident. There's always an, an energy behind it. You might be, if you're very religious, that means that you follow Christ and that would then mean that you're a martyr. And I would say to somebody, well, if you want to hold on to that and you're following Christ and you've got a really tough, hard life that's lacking in, you know, money and, and lacking good relationships, then I'll go, then you're, then that's what you've asked for, really. I just show people whatever they've agreed to and whatever they're bound to then that will reflect in their life. And, and then I work backwards and I say, well, some things need to be undone. People often when they get married and yet they wonder why they're still tied to that person. I go, well, you made, um, you, you bound yourself in a ritual to, to love that person, um, for good or for bad and until death do us part. So there's many energetic things that aren't really seen that we need to undo that you people may not have looked at um, and relationships are the most have the most profound influence on on us because I realized emotion is the most powerful um, form of energy and you need to be mindful of the people you surround yourself with I'm going to ask you a question just to get your I guess your feedback on what your thoughts are I had uh, a teacher once upon a time say that um, if you feel like you need protection then you will attract that very thing. Whereas if you don't think you need protection, then you won't need protection. Yeah, that's, look, that's a great, well, that's a great question. And I will say um, that that is true. However, it's a bit, however, we cannot be naive. So I, when I was, I remember writing Friends of Killing and I remember saying, look, you do need, if you're looking at an energetic side of things, energy side, um, we, we do need to protect ourselves because we all know there are people out there that um, will harm us. Some people are less susceptible for to it and but some people need to be more protected against it. The same as a cop. You can't say to somebody, I'll just go out and fight the baddies without protection and wing it. The same is with energetic healing. Now, the reason why I say that, if I'm working with, with in this field, I need to be really sensitive. I need to be really a good conduit, which then makes me vulnerable if there's negative energy. And that's actually why I, I think I may be the only practitioner or um, the course run course person that runs you know workshops that adheres to this and I say it's a good apple policy I need you to have good energy because if you've got negative energy I go down the class goes down but we, we just don't it just isn't conducive to healing so I don't it's not that I, I I use universal laws I say good apples please notice I didn't say bad apples so I don't turn walk around going oh I'm really scared of all the negative energy I'll say to people you know what I need all the good apples I need all the support so I use both things 
just as that lady said, if you're focused on it, then you attract it. I'm focused on attracting the good energy, but I'm not naive enough to say, because I've seen it enough, I've actually, I remember um, meeting a priest and he said that a lot of the people that would come to him for to get rid of entities and negative ne demons and all this kind of thing were energy healers that didn't use protection. So I... I protect myself in the way of making sure that I attract good things and I walk away from the negative things. So that teacher is correct. However, I don't focus on, you know, negativity. I work out why if I attract the negativity, but I say, look, I need, I need all the support and I need the good energy. We're here to heal and this is what I need. So both correct, both those, um, sort of angles are correct. Yeah, I can see that. I agree. So, Marissa, what's the best part of your job? What drives you? Well, we are all connected, Catherine. So it's it's almost like when you see someone else happy, you are happy. What we do for someone else, we actually do for ourselves. So there's nothing more gratifying than someone saying, wow, my life has changed. I'm so happy. I feel so free. And, and I'm... And, it just brings joy. So I think the best part is, first of all, changing my own life because I think that as a practitioner, I need to work on myself. So I'm, you know, that's a continual journey for myself. So I work on myself, freeing myself from such a prison that I was living in and then assisting others to do the same. And it, it, we all, yeah, it's just nice to see people happy and, and it's nice that, Women are empowered because I really, my mission in life is to assist with bringing back humanity and women are known for their compassion and I want them to lead more and then when they lead more, they're part of the decision-making and then they're kinder to the planet. Well, it sounds like you're doing that very thing, empowering and healing women. Mm. So, Marissa, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Oh, that's uh, well, okay. Hindsight, I think I would have, ah, oh, yes, this is one that I teach women a lot. It's something that, that takes years to learn. And I would say to them to, and to myself to not worry about others, to stop trying to please everyone else first. Because when you're pleasing everyone else first, you're actually ignoring the subtle, uh, your intuition you're ignoring the messages that you need to know, to get or know to progress yourself and catering to everyone else. And if other people have other agendas, then you get knocked down, which is sort of what's happened to me. And I see that with a lot of women. They ignore their own needs and they continually try and please others. And I would say that is something I would tell myself to get that, that lesson quicker, faster, um, I know it now, but that's probably the biggest message. Oh, beautiful. And, yeah, I think we can all relate to that. As you're saying, I can relate to that myself. Yes. It's. I think it's just, it's almost like I used to say women are born mothers, even if they're not mothers. They're just caretakers. They just love uh, looking after people and uh, tend to leave themselves out. They do. And, you know, and I, I realized why. And that's because a lot of them lack enough, they lack self-worth. They don't feel as equal. And therefore, to find self-worth, which is part of what, why I would do it, and I see it in a lot of other women, is like 
see, I am worthy by giving more. It's sort of a, a pr- try to prove your worth because you're always trying to prove it out in society so that by giving more is then telling them that, yes, I am okay, and it, it's just a, an easy way to be manipulated. So what would be – so obviously that's that's an internal thing. So I think that sometimes when women – having those self-doubts or those thoughts of, you know, I'm not good enough or I can't do that, how would you um, recommend that? What would be something that they could do to change those thoughts or beliefs or limiting decisions that they've made? Yeah. Well, it's actually, uh, I say, be be much more aware See, once you start getting connected, once you start realizing, and, and it, and it can take a lot of healing to get connected because you don't even know that you're not, you're not whole. You don't know that you're not really present, but it's about deciding that you need to feel connected. So when, when you're connected, you're aware of yourself, you're aware of others, and then you're able to then analyze your life and you'll be able to analyze why you have your issues that you have. You, you start to say, oh, well, now I can see that I was taught that I wasn't as good as my brother or I wasn't as worthy or whatever is happened to you. It's, it's about realizing what's been said to you, what's been done to you has defined you and then watching what you've been, you're saying to yourself. I love the analogy or I love to say to someone, you know, if I wrote down everything that you said in your head today, what would I be reading and how, you know, what would that look like? And most women say, well, not pretty, not very good. It's a lot of negativity and a lot of self-criticism. So I go, well, you need to discipline yourself to say to yourself things that are supporting yourself be your best friend, but really watch what you keep conditioning yourself by what you're saying, what you're saying to yourself. Wow, great advice. Thank you. So what is the greatest lesson that you have ever learned? Wow. Well, oh, good, okay, that we actually have the power within us. See, I was, I was brought up Catholic and then I was a Mormon for, I think, about 18 years. And I always thought the power was in someone else. Now I've recognized that I actually have all the power within me to create exactly what I want to create and attract. And not saying that, like, the power within me that, which means I need to then feel, feel what I want. I need to then focus on what I want. I need to, other people around me will then be attracted to me to help me achieve and get to where I need to be, need to get to. So the power is actually within me to heal myself, to progress myself, to become the best me. So that would probably be the, the biggest lesson that I learned. So I was always like praying to Jesus or some, praying to God to say, help me out of this hell. And I, it didn't get me out of the hell. And it, and then there was a series of events that then I left the, the church and then I ended up doing kinesiology. And that was, that talks about you have the power within you. So that's probably the biggest lesson. Well, that would have been a massive transition transformation so you're very you were very external focused trying to uh you know create these shifts internally when you've had to do like almost like a 360 go internal to actually fix those things that you wanted to fix yeah it's kind of crazy i wrote wrote about this in my book i was 
actually when I was on Anthony Robbins' seminar and he sent us out at night to hold candles. It was about, I think it was about a few thousand, a couple of thousand of us, I can't remember how many, and we had to chant the words, all I need is within me now, and we said that for like two hours. We're just chanting this, all I need is within me now, and I didn't know what that meant. I was still a Mormon at the time and I was on his course. I couldn't stand sitting down a second longer. It was in Queensland and my sister said, go see this guy. He's weird and different. Now, that was a kinesiologist. I didn't know what he did, but it transformed me. I knew that was my first step to being open to alternative healing. And that it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, you open yourself up to new events and then that you need to be open. Um, but that is exactly how it all began. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds like amazing. I mean, amazing experience. So what keeps you up at night? Do you ever worry? You know, I don't now, fortunately. That's so great. But I used to. Um, you know, it's like because I, I look, I don't have any stresses anymore. That is like incredible. I was full of stress and now I don't. So I'm actually not awake at night. I sleep quite well. I have cats. I have my lovely cats and I sleep so peacefully because I've realized that I know that my life is going to be peaceful. I'm so attuned now to know that when I should stress and when I shouldn't um, and I'm the creator of peace, my objective in my life is to have peace. So I've been achieving peace for many years and I feel like every day it gets better and better but what used to keep me up at night was my pain my financial stresses my relationship stresses just the turmoil inside me so um, I, I used to have a lot of stress and everything kept me awake at night but I will say now fortunately which is uh, a great thing to have been able to transition from to that to now really peaceful. That, that's, I'd like to know how you do that because you you run a very busy schedule, a busy business, and I mean I know even myself I get you know I get to bed and I lie there for a little while just thinking about my day and reflect yes. on my day, yes. and if it's been a stressful day, yes. I lie there really focusing on where do I feel the stress in my body and just breathe through that pain wherever it is in my body. So what would be some of your tricks that you do? <laughs> well, but the great thing is I actually work for myself, although that then can cause a lot of stress. But one day, you know, I think in about two or three years, I'm actually going to write a book and that's to see all my theory put into practice but my the way I operate is the exact the same way I operate in my personal life as I do in my business life as I do I do it 24 7 I only choose things that feel good so that means I won't start involving myself in any negativity the other thing is I will not surround myself with people that are negative or aren't sort of supportive and the f fact that I feel so much um I know, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm an energy healer. So I, I really know people's agendas. So I just make choices because I, I feel like I'm in my integrity. I'm not, I don't have an ulterior motive towards other people. I don't need to get anything from them. I'm here to help them as long as they help me. So if I'm, 
continually just uh, so the energy around me is fairly good it's like people that are also want the same as me they want to heal themselves they want to support me I want to support them so when I've got that energy around me it the universe reflects it that would probably I just remove the toxicity as I have also done physically in my body it's the same thing as a physical cleanse I have physically cleansed my body of many toxins I've I, my body was very rigid and um, in a lot of pain and that's because it had a lot of physical toxins a lot of you know I, I smoked I took drugs I drank a lot so I've had to cleanse my body for many years and I'll do the same with energy of people and and how I feel about things and I will never compromise that. I never think that I'm that desperate that I, just because someone wants my services, if they're full of toxicity, uh, you know, I won't engage with them. But the lovely thing is I, I see the reflection. Now I actually don't have to worry about it very much. I can turn up to a workshop and it's like incredible amount of good vibe energy because people are all the, they're the same as me they're my reflection so I would say that's probably I, I'm pretty sure and in fact I know that's my the reasons why it is very peaceful uh, there's just awesomeness around me wow it's amazing so who has been your greatest influence yeah okay well I can't actually give credit to a lot of people outside me um well I must say my ex-husband has been a great influence in the way that he's pushed me. He's took, he took me to America. He said, and he would push me, although we didn't have a great relationship. He saw something in me that made him give up his profession to then be my manager. And he saw something and, and so he pushed me and I allowed him to do that. And it then started to, you know, bring me out of my shell. It started to in advance my healing, and we had incredible, incredible experience in America. Um, I had recognition from Michael Beckwith. He pulled me up on stage. It's just like there's a lot of piece of what he did exposed me to some incredible experiences. So he is one, but in also because we had a negative re relationship, I didn't feel respected. I then realized that there was inequality because prior to him, I, d I was that disconnected. I didn't even know that I was, was treated badly because I was used to being treated badly because my, my father was horrible to me and mean to me, you know, beat me, molested me. And then he would call me shocking names. So I, I think that I actually, my mother, Oh, okay, so my mother, who did a lot, allow that, but still she was disconnected and not realizing that's not what a child should endure. She is probably part of um, the good side in the way of she told me, she would say to me as a child, who cares what people think and as long as you're happy. And so that then I was brought up to not worry about other people's opinions and I wasn't pressured to really do something I didn't want to do. She used to say, well, as long as you're happy. So I'd say those two people have been significant and I think myself by just keep getting up off the floor, picking myself up and getting back on the horse, so to speak, and just keep going. I, I've just felt some sort of uh, mission that I've had more so of late just to ha that, that I, I need to accomplish something. So 
Wow, I'm just sitting here going, what a strong woman. You are so inspiring and so strong. It's amazing just to hear your story. Thank you. It's beautiful. So if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would that be? Oh, healing and empowering women. Yeah, I can see. Sorry, it's not not one word, but it's it's about three or four. I was going to say empowering, healing, and inspiring women, absolutely. With your story, it's just amazing what you've gone through, and you can tell your story, and you're not a victim of it. You've actually turned it around and actually uh, did something with it, which is pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So what we do, and as we always do as we wrap up the show, we always like to give our listeners three golden nuggets. So what would be three golden nuggets that you would like to give to our listeners? Okay, so I would like to tell them that, first of all, that they do have that power within them to create the life that they want. They need to connect more and to start looking at where they're at now so that they can unwind and look back and say, well, this is why I am where I am today, if it's a place I don't want to be, and change it. We've really got to get out, as you mentioned before, we've got to get out of feeling like a victim because if you've been victimised as a child, you tend to play that same victim mentality in adulthood and to stop blaming people. The world has become extremely energetic, extremely transparent, and although you may not be saying anything, People feel it more than they've ever felt it before. So if you can recognize that your thoughts and your feelings are actually being seen, so to speak, we know what you're thinking and saying, you then will realize that that needs to change and to start loving yourself so that you can love others and then you'll get the support that you need. You need to, you know, heal whatever it is in you that that's blocking you. So I know that actually isn't in one, two, three, but it would be analyzing yourself, recognizing what your the energy around you, what you're saying to yourself, and then do something about it. Don't just sit there, read a book, do a seminar, decide that now it's time to change because I just know that coming from my childhood and my adulthood, wanting to seriously die, um, I wanted to commit. So I, I hated my life. And there was incredible pain to now feeling, you know, liberated and free and peaceful. If I can transition through that, then you, I know that you can too. So just know that your life can change. It's just a matter of doing something about it. Wow, it's, it's, it's amazing. Great uh, three golden nuggets. Thank you so much. So for our listeners, if they want to find you, how can they find you, Marissa? All right, well, they can go to forensichealing.com and we actually have a free startup course that they can sign up for and get a little taste of being able to read energy fields, work out their own patterns on themselves or work out why someone else, you know, just have a little sample of it and work out. You can start being a detective of your own life and other people's lives. It's a lot of fun. They can do that. I love it. And when you're saying uh, being a detective, I can see in your bio you're known as Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Uh, Yes, there's nothing. It's so, like, it's incredible because I do 
like hundreds of workshops and there's not one person that doesn't get on my table that I can't solve why they have what they have. It, I love it and because I've done it on myself. I've, I, I think that every person has to heal themselves first before they think they can help someone else. So we can actually solve our own, you know, we need to think more and feel more. I love it. So I think I'm going to check out Forensic Healing myself and uh, and do your little short course. So once again, Marissa, thank you so much for your precious time and thank you for sharing your story. And it's really interesting. I, I love the whole concept and what you're doing and you are really helping and empowering a lot of women, which is just wonderful. Lovely. Well, thanks for having me, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you once again. Thanks, Catherine. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.